Hello, and welcome to Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and I believe everyone should be living the life of their dreams. This show is going to be a weekly dose of magic to help guide you to living your best life. When you feel good, then success in all areas of your life is easy to achieve. I love to empower people to discover their dreams and to ignite their lives. This show will be full of personal development stories and skills to help you take your life to the next level. My guests will be health and wellness experts and amazing spiritual beings, as well as everyday people with stories and lessons to help guide you through the ups and downs and help you get one step closer to living the life of your dreams. I want this podcast to be real and unpolished, full of honesty to show the realness of life. Here's to living your best life with gratitude and love. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and today I am a little nervous, I'm not going to lie, but excited to do a solo podcast. I am going to talk about who I am and why I am where I am today, why I'm a podcast host, right? So here we go. So hello, I'm Nicole Wendley, and I am a life success coach. What is a life success coach? Well, I help guide, inspire, and support people who are ready to live their best life. I mean, oh, that just, it fuels my soul to even say that. You know, I was not a person that even lived an inspiring life. I will be honest with you. I lived my life full of fear, anger, and depression, right? That was where I lived. I lived there. It was not a good place to live. And a lot of people I know live there. So, you know, if I can get one person to resonate with my story and say, oh gosh, you know, there is hope for me. I can get out of this, out of this cycle, this downward spiral in the cycle of life. So I hope that I can definitely inspire some people today. So, oh, so I now live, as my listeners can probably tell from me, that I live a life with a smile. I wake up every day with a smile and I I go throughout my day with a smile and I love, I truly love to make others smile. Oh, it just is the fuel to my soul, right? It keeps me going. It gives me life. It's everything. So, huh, so I do honestly live a life full of grace, gratitude, and love. And every time I say that word love, it just, oh, just the way I say it, love. Love was a word that made my skin crawl. I would hear the word love and I would think, oh, really? What is love? Oh, I will never, ever, ever say that I lived a bad life. I never knew that I lived a bad life until I decided to live a beautiful life. You know, I can honestly say that I, I had no idea how amazing and how beautiful life was until I started to take the steps to living the life of my dreams. Honestly, I never had a passion. I never had a purpose. I was never that person, you know, that said, hmm, I want to be a nurse when I grow up. 
I want to be this when I grow up. I want to be that. I didn't really aspire to anything, which is kind of sad, you know, when I look back on it. When I look back on my life and my story, I just picture this little girl. Even five years ago, I picture this little girl that just needed a hug and needed to be loved, you know? So again, I will never say I lived a bad life, but I definitely lived an interesting life. And I'm glad that I went through everything that I went through in my life because it made me the woman that I am today. And I am so proud of who I am today. It was a long, bumpy road to get me here, but I'm so proud of who I am. I was never proud of myself. I never thought anyone was proud of me, nor was I proud of myself. And now I realize I don't need anyone to be proud of me because I am so proud of myself. I love myself. Oh, that word loves. So, you know, as I said, that word used to make my skin crawl and I never believed in it. I would see it, you know, live, laugh, love. And I would giggle and make fun of it, make fun of people that were like that, you know, like whatever. You know, so my parents divorced when I was young. I was like six years old. I had no idea what divorce was, you know, we were those kids in school that, ooh, those are the Wenleys, their parents got a divorce. Oh, you know, let's treat them with kid gloves. And, you know, going through it at that young age, I really don't even remember. I don't remember a time with my mom and my dad being together. I think that's a good thing. I don't know. I was just speaking from experience. So, you know, I was always bounced around, you know, my dad's every other weekend and You know, I mean, it is what it is. That was the normal. I didn't know anything other than that. And my dad moved away to a different state when I was 12. Again, that was normal. I didn't know anything different. Both my parents were on their second marriages at that time, which was a surprise to me. (laughs) They both came home from a vacation, I'm pretty sure. And they were like, hey, guess what? I'm married. Oh, you know, as a little kid, you're like, oh, Awesome. Married? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, you know, here I am a teenager. My dad moves. I see him occasionally. Saw my dad Memorial Day, Labor Day, and occasionally on Christmas. But, you know, that's what I knew. That's what I knew. So it was fine. You know, again, didn't think really anything out. I didn't know anything different. So, you know, it was fine. And then my mom had a baby when I was 13, And she worked full time and worked a a long way away from home. And I took care of my little sister. Again, I had no idea that anything different. I loved, I love and adore every single one of my sisters. But, you know, I I pretty much like became a mother at 13. You know, my mom didn't come home from work until late. And, you know, she was a single mom. And that's just what I did. You know, I took care of my sister. And I was a teenager. I was a kid myself. But, you know, gosh. I would never, ever change it. I love my sister so much. She's my kid. She's my everything. So, and I'm so proud of her. So anyhow, I can go off on that. But, uh, you know, here I am, a teenager, single mom. She's not really around a lot. Mom, I know you're going to listen to this and don't be mad. I love you. I love you more than anything. You're my mom. And thank you. Thank you for everything. But it's part of my story and I have to share it. I have to tell. So... So, you know, again, searching for love, searching for love, attention, anything from anyone. And, you know, being a child without parents really around, I was off to fend for myself. So what do I start doing? I start partying and 
doing drugs and drinking at a young, a very young age. I think my wildest years were in my teens. Is that bananas? It's just crazy to say. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Oh, this is so hard. It's so hard to do, but I'm doing it. So yeah, again, not a good place to be. You know, it put me in, in situations that I should never have been in. There were things that were done to me that should have never have happened. But I didn't realize, you know, back then at a very, I was a teenager. I was a teenager drinking and smoking pot. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just glaze on over that. Okay. As you can imagine. So I get just kind of fed up with life. You know, I'm that lost teenager looking for love. I was, to put it mildly, you know, I was sexually assaulted at 17, 16, 16, 17, I, something I put away, put behind me, which led me, led me to being promiscuous. I didn't know. I didn't know. And to say that, it just sounds so silly, but you just didn't, didn't tell anyone back in those days, which is so sad. And I didn't know I could say no. Ah, I wish I said no on that dreadful night. But again, it is my story. It is what happened to me. And I hope that anyone out there who uh, can relate to any of this, I hope that I can inspire you to know that there is a better way out there. You know, the way out of things like this is to go through. And I went through it. I went through it not because I wanted to, but because I was desperate. I was desperate and I had to make a decision to seek a better way of life, seek a better way of living. I fell in love with a young man at 23 years old. Oh, so yes, I fell in love at 23. And what do we know at 23? Especially from this girl who's just seeking love. All I ever wanted was somebody to love me. And, you know, I fell in love. And we definitely, you know, went through it. We went through it. We went through good times and bad times, but the good times definitely way outweighed the bad times. So I stuck with it. You know, I never wanted to get married because I was afraid of marriage. I think my parents were now maybe married and divorced again. And on their third marriage that I didn't really know anything about. But, you know, hey, such is life. So I never really wanted to get married. I was fine. I was fine. Life was fine. You know, if we had a fight, guess what? I could leave. I could go to my house. You know, nobody's going to leave me. I'm going to leave them, right? If I get married, then they're just going to leave me. So why get married? So anyhow, we never married, but I loved him with every beat of my heart. He was my everything. He was my best friend, my protector, my father figure. He was my everything. I didn't really have a father figure. You know, I love my dad, but he was busy. He was busy working and I respect him for that. And, you know, I didn't live near him. I lived far away from him and... You know, I spent my summers with my grandmother and I love every minute of it. Oh, you know, my mom worked full time. My brother was playing sports. So what were they to do with Nicole? So I went to my grandmother's. Ah, I had the greatest summers with my grandmother. You know, we went and did the things, the things that you do. And, you know, went to the mountains and went to theme parks and drove cross country to go visit family. And life was good, you know. But again, no father figure. My grandfather was working. He was in the military. So grandmother. So back to being in love. And one random Tuesday on a February day, my boyfriend was shot and killed in his front yard 
for really no reason other than a crazy neighbor that wanted to kill people. <sighs> I will never forget that day, ever. It is part of me. It is, it is something that I think about pretty much every day. You know, getting that phone call. Ah, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> I just described it on an interview recently and it's like an, it's like, and it's an, it's a true outer body experience. You know, we all lose people. We all lose people. You know, I've lost grandparents and friends, you know, car accidents and suicides. And, you know, it's death is part of life. But I'll tell you, when the person that you talk to every day, who is my rock, my protector, my everything is shot and killed in an instant for no reason, it definitely takes it out of you. So. I say it's just like it is in the movies. <laughs> I, I giggle. I giggle when I say this, but I, I remember watching Grey's Anatomy, all those Grey's Anatomy fans out there. When Meredith Grey lost McDreamy, and she fell to the floor in her kitchen. Ah, I can remember this. And this was a TV show. And I remember thinking, oh, I know exactly what she's feeling. It just meant so much, so much to me. So... I became a different person on that day. I became a different person on that day. You know, I fell to my knees, dry heaving on my floor, not knowing what ends up. Is this happening? Is this real? This can't be happening. This can't be real. Oh, I need to get to the hospital. He's not dead. People don't die from a gunshot. He's going to be fine. And then you just know, you know, you just know. People were coming into my house all night and the phone was ringing and... I don't even know. I don't even know. I remember screaming out to my father, screaming and screaming. Mike's gone. Mike's gone. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Huh. And then guess what? I'm not dead. I'm still alive. I have to wake up the next morning and realize this is real. This is happening. And that was the beginning of my darkest days. I tell you, I didn't know who I was for two years of my life. I say I slept two years of my life away. You know, not only did I lose the love of my life, my everything, my protector, my my everything, you then have to go through a trial. You know, I went to court 58 times in a three-year period, sat through a week-long murder trial, and you're still in disbelief. You're in utter disbelief. And I even had people ask me, Nicole, why are you doing this? Why are you going to the pre-trials? Why are you doing this to yourself? And I thought, are you kidding me? I'm not going to go to be there for him because it hurts me. Ah, oh, man. I remember saying to that person, I hope you're there for me. If that happens to me, I hope you're there for me. You know, in those days, I wasn't so sure I'd have anybody there for me, but I know now that there will be. So pretty much everyone in my life dispersed. All my friends, you know, those good friends, those really good friends of yours. Well, guess what? They're not good friends of yours. They all leave. We can't be with the girl that her boyfriend just got shot in his head, you know? And then you hear, well, they weren't married. She'll be fine. What in the heck does that mean? I thought, good God, I've been with this man for 15 years of my life. Most of your marriages last a year, three years at most, and you don't even know him. But... Who are you to judge me? You know, so you go through that. You go through everything. You just go through it all. <sighs> well, I didn't have anybody there. I take that back. I had one person that I barely knew. And if she ever listens to this podcast, she knows who she is. I barely knew her. And she would come over to my house and bring me dinner, cook me dinner, 
She would sit there and paint her toenails or play words with friends on her phone, but she would be there just to be there while I would scream and rage and cry on the phone. And, you know, I was angry. I was angry. I was angry. I was very, very angry for many years. Again, I say for two years, I would go days on end without taking a shower. I would go days on end without talking to people. I hid my depression. You know, I hid the fact that I was in such a bad way. You know, those aren't things you tell people. I'm Nicole. I'm strong. I will get through this. And I had his family. Thank you, God, I had his family. Hmm. But you know what? They were all going through it too. I had them there to lean on, but I didn't want to tell them how bad I was hurting because they were hurting just as bad. So <sighs> so one day, one night, <laughs> I decided this is no way to live. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I can't scream my halls at night hoping that I don't wake up. So I Googled. <laughs> I Googled, you know, the old Google therapist in my area. Tons of therapists pulled up, you know, and I'm scrolling through them looking for that one. And I found that one. I found I found a therapist and I reached out. I'm pretty sure I reached out in the middle of the night. I'm sure I called her voicemail and left her a voicemail. Hi, my name's Nicole. My boyfriend was killed. I can't take it anymore. Help. Who knows what I said? And I'm pretty sure she called me back the next day and I was blown away. I was like, okay, this is real. This is real. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know? And I went into her office and I told her what happened. And she said, you know, a really, really awful thing has happened to you. I'm going to teach you how to live with this awful thing that has happened to you. Huh. Who knows those words would be that powerful to me. To this day, those words are powerful to me. I hear those words in my head all the time. And that was the day I decided that I wanted to live. I wanted to live. I wanted to feel. I wanted to get through it. I wanted the help. I wanted the help. And the way out is the way through. You know, your doctors just want to give you medication. Oh, give her this medication. Give her this medication. Give her this medication. And I didn't want to be on medication. You know, I barely even drank. I was never, I've never been a drinker again. I said, I got those days out of the way in my teenage years. So I decided to do the work and go through. And boy, was it hard. Was it hard? And little did I know when I was going to start healing. Actually, I take that back when I was going to start to do the work. I was going to start healing from a lifetime, a lifetime of hurt, a lifetime of fighting, a lifetime of being the strong one. (laughs) I remember sitting in my therapist's office and saying, am I seriously in my 30s and I'm just now? Dealing with the fact that my parents divorced when I was six. I was thinking, this is bananas. I remember laughing to her. And she said, yeah, it typically happens this way. So I had so much I had to unpack. Here's the thing, guys. When bad things happen or things happen and we push them under the rug, right? That's what you do. You sweep them under the rug and you don't heal. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away, which is why I lived a life in fear Anger and depression. I was so angry. Everyone left me, right? And then, you know, Mike leaves me from a bullet to his head, right? (sighs) So I started healing and I started healing from so much. It's when I realized what had happened to me on that fateful night when I was 17 years old. I never realized it. And the light bulb goes off and you just start, you really start to heal. 
Oh, you guys, it's so hard. Healing is hard. The way out is the way through. And you have to go through. I say it, it's like a ring of fire. It's so scary to go through that ring of fire. Who wants to go through it? Nobody. That's why so many people don't, you guys. So many people don't. But let me tell you, you get burned. It burns. But you put the Band-Aids on. You put the ointment on. You put the Band-Aids on. And then guess what? One day you're able to take that bandage off. Before you know it, the scars are gone. You don't even have a mark. And life is amazing. So, you know, I'm a few years into therapy. I'm doing good. I'm getting my life back, you know, but I still feel like something's missing. I'm on this hamster wheel of life. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. You know, those, I hate Monday people. Oh, thank God it's Friday people. Oh, I love every day. Oh my gosh. I love every day. And people would say that I wasn't ever a morning person. I say, heck, I wasn't a morning person. I wasn't a life person. I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to have to take on another day. Oh, now I wake up every day with a smile and ready to take on every day and just spread love. I say to my dog, the love of my life, Duke, my 11-year-old Chihuahua, I say to him, come on, babe, let's go spread some love. Let's go make it an awesome day. Oh, and uh, so I was laying on my couch one day and started thinking back and thinking about people that I admire in my life and people that, that are doing well. And I remember a really good friend of mine, her and her husband went to the seminar called Unleash the Power Within with Tony Robbins. And they were telling me all about it one night at a party and I was listening and I was like, oh, okay, well, that just sounds crazy. 14 hour days and you're hugging people and then you randomly get a Pitbull concert on hour 10, you know? Like, okay, I mean, I'm in, I love Pitbull, but you're going to run around and hug people and cry and this goes on for four days? I thought, that just sounds crazy. I can barely be around 50 people, much less thousands of people in an auditorium, but, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm thinking about it. It's in the back of my mind because I admire these two people so much. Beautiful, beautiful souls and they were dating at the time and now they're married and both have very successful businesses and just good, honest people and I've always admired him. So it always kind of stuck with me, this Tony Robbins event, you know, where you walk on fire and change your life. Whoa. So here I am laying on my couch and I think, oh, so depressing. My life's so depressing, right? Oh, I guess I'll find something to rent. So I'm Netflixing it. And I come across this documentary, I'm Not Your Guru, starring Tony Robbins. Let me check this out, see what this is all about. So I watched this event. It's a documentary about one of his his events that he does every year called Date with Destiny, which is a week-long event with Tony Robbins. So I watched this and I'm blown away. I'm crying. I'm ah, and I'm just thinking, wow, this is amazing. This is great. He's changing lives. But then I'm thinking, look at all those people there. There's thousands of people. I don't know. I think I'm gonna look into this guy. I look up his events and I'm like, hmm, maybe there's something to this. I can barely leave the little beach town that I live in, much less get on an airplane and fly to Los Angeles, California. But I need to do this. I just felt like I really needed to do this for myself. So I reached out to a dear, dear friend of mine and I said, hey, you want to go to California and go to a Tony Robbins event? And she was like, ah, say it isn't so. It's music to my ears. It's something I've always wanted to do. So instantly, we go in to buy tickets and it's sold out. What? Sold out? What is this all about? 
literally sold out. So we buy tickets to an event six months from now. And I was like, oh, now you're just like, you want to go. You want to go. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. I don't want to wait six months. So I start reaching out to people. Hey, anybody know how you can get tickets to this event? Lo and behold, someone says, hey, I do. I get two tickets last minute. I think it was a week before the event. I fly to California and I'm like, whoa. You know, I go and I get acupuncture a couple of days before I leave to help me with my anxiety and my fears and everything. And I go to this event. You know, I go to California. We spend the day, go to Venice Beach and you know, have a big day of it. Never been to California. Why? Because I was too afraid. I was too afraid. I let my fears control me. I don't want to be in a place that I'm not comfortable with. You know, I only, I only wanted to be in places that I was familiar with and comfortable with. So I went and go into the event and I'm all excited and there's people running around and high-fiving and, you know, you're just getting high-fived and people are smiling and you're just like, yeah, the energy's amazing. This is great, right? And then you get started. I don't know, about three, four hours to the event and I start getting a little panicky, you know? I start letting the, oh my God, this is going to go on for 10 more hours. And then I'm going to walk across fire at the end of this. This is bananas. So then here comes the panic. Here comes the fear. Here comes it all this rushing in, rushing in, rushing in. So I tell my friend, I said, huh, let's go take a breather. So we go down and to like the concession area, the vendor area. And I was kind of leaning against the wall. She said, hey, here, stand here with my phone. I'm going to charge my phone. And I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with Tony Robbins or any of his events. He does a lot of one-on-one and interventions and gets in deep with some people and they're beautiful to see. And he was doing an intervention and I felt like my friend that I was with really needed to hear it. So I said, you go down there and listen and I'm going to stand back here, which really I wanted to stand back there because I was planning my escape. And leaning against the wall, apparently with panic in my eyes and a gentleman walked past me and I saw him look at me and he walked past me and then he walked backwards back towards me and he looks at me and he says, are you okay? (laughs) for whatever reason. I said, no, I'm not okay. And I just start crying and I have a full, full breakdown, full breakdown to somebody. I have no, I've never met in my life. I'm in an auditorium with, you know, 14,000 people. Music's blaring. Tony Robbins is talking in the background. And I just cry. I just let it all out to a stranger, right? Who does this? And he just said to me, look, that's Tony Robbins down there. You either play full out or you leave. And it hit me. I don't want to leave. I want to play full out. I want to be in this. I'm in this. So I turn around to go find my friend. And all of a sudden I see, I see these people running around. Everybody's running around and hugging. That's kind of what you do at a Tony Robbins event, right? Weird stuff, right? People running around and loving each other for no apparent reason. And I find these group of girls that were just so full of life and just smiling and just brought me into their group. And I spent the rest of them 10 hours with them preparing for this firewalk at the end of the evening. The firewalk is to cross through to your new life and to set, leave all those limiting beliefs and those fears behind, which is what I was there to do. Never been so scared in my life. But I tell you, I connected with this, with this girl. Ah, who I still talk to to this day. You know, we reach out, we stay connected on Facebook. And without her, I never would have made it across that fire. And uh tell you what, it was the day my life changed forever. My day, oh, my life forever changed. 
at that event. Who knew? Who knew that connecting with strangers and breaking through all, all these bullshit limiting beliefs we all tell ourselves, right? You know, I can't do this. I can't travel. I can't do that. I'm afraid of planes. I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I remember someone telling me, actually, it was the, the gentleman mom calling my guardian angel who saved my life that day. And I, I was talking to him and I said something about I can't. And he said, what'd you say? And I said, I can't. He said, there's nothing you can't do. I said, oh my God, I just spent four days listening to Tony Robbins tell me that. There is nothing I can't do. I walked across fire, man. I don't have any fears anymore. <sighs> and he really got me to see that there is nothing that we can't do, right? We can do anything. You can really do anything. You know, it might be a struggle and it might be hard and it might be rough in the beginning. But, you know, I used to say I, I can't run. I've never ran. Well, I, I started running and now I can run, right? There's nothing we can't do. There's things that we don't want to do. They don't want to do because it makes us uncomfortable or it might make us feel, you know? Ah, so if any, you know, anybody listening, anybody listening, don't ever say can't. I catch myself. Occasionally I will catch myself saying that. And I'm like, hmm, erase that T. I can do that. However, I choose not to do that. You can choose not to do things, but don't ever say I can't, right? Ah, so, you know... I went back to several more events after that and gosh, made friends with some of the most incredible people in my life. I'm beyond thankful that I went to that event. I'm beyond thankful for my friend that got me to go. However, we are no longer friends. I did the work. She didn't do the work. She said to me, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. I don't want to bring you down. Your life is going so good and I'm so proud of you and you're doing the work and I hate my life. I'm depressed. I'll never love again. I'm heartbroken. I can't, I can't, I can't, is all I was hearing. She said she didn't want to be friends with me anymore. And I said, that's really sad to hear. It's really sad to hear. That's what friends are for, you know? That's what friends are for, to pull you out when you're not doing well. But, you know, I gave it to her. I gave it to her. I gave her space. And we are no longer friends. And it's okay. It hurt. Hurt like hell. It hurts. The friendship, breakup, anything. It hurts. You know, but I prayed a lot about my friendships. You know, Tony Robbins tells you when you go in there to the event for the first time and he said, your friendships will change. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Your life will never be the same. That's all you hear all weekend, the whole event. Your life will never be the same again. Guess what? My life has never been the same again because I decided that I wanted to live a beautiful life. (sighs) I wanted... (sighs) I learned in one of my seminars, I did go back to Date with Destiny. I went to that that event that I, I saw on I'm Not Your Guru. I went and I come up with your mission statement there. My mission statement in life. This is me. This is Nicole. This is who I am. The purpose of my life is to be love and give love and do as much as I can for myself and others and enjoy every moment in life. Whew, oh my gosh. I say that and I just get fired up. It lights me up. So... I do honestly live a life full of grace, gratitude, and love. And this is coming from the girl, from the little girl that lived in fear, anger, and depression. That is no way to live. That is no way to live. I truly never knew. I never knew that life was this fucking amazing. Excuse my language, but you know, I just get fired up. Life is what you dare to make it. And I dared to make my life amazing. 
You get to wake up every day and breathe. Ah, and I'm so thankful that I got to breathe. I'm so thankful for everything that I've been through in my life because now it made me this fearless person that wants to help any person that I can. I want to be that hand to anyone. Who am I? I'm Nicole Winley. I'm a life success coach. I guide, inspire, and support those who are ready to live their best life. <sighs> you know, I say, I say to people the other day, somebody went past me with some road rage and I was like, oh, I just want to give her a hug. You know, how's that? How does somebody driving make you mad, right? It's bananas to me. I can't even imagine that you can let somebody in a car in front of you make you mad and ruin your day. It's crazy, right? And I was just thinking about it. I thought, I just want to go give her a hug. And then I just thought, what if every single person that I can see on the streets right now or every single person on the streets right now at this very moment sat up in their car, sat up straight, put your shoulders back, took a deep breath in and smiled. Do it right now. Sit up. Take a deep breath in and smile. For those of you that did it, I know you feel better. It's amazing what a smile can do. I like to tell people, I challenge you. I challenge you to smile at every single person you walk past today. Do it. I dare you. Right? Just smile. Just love and be love and give love and radiate love. It's magic and it's where I choose to live. And I will, I love every, every moment in life. You know, you still, life still happens. Shit still happens. You know, I lived a life on a flat line. I don't want to live in a flat line. You know, stuff happens good, bad, ups, downs, highs, lows, excitement, joy, sadness. It all happens, but it's, it's on how you react, you know, and bad stuff happens. Shit still pisses me off. Still, you know, just still, ugh. and I take a deep breath. I change my state. I use all my skills, everything I've learned, and I push that anger out, you know, God gave us emotions for a reason, so we use them. You know, where things would make me mad, I would go retreat and go get in my bed for three days. Now I face it head on, change my state, dive deep into gratitude. Gratitude is the antidote for all, for fear, for anger, for all of it. I dive deep into gratitude and I pull myself right out. (sighs) Guys, if you do the work, if you do the work and you decide you want to live a beautiful, amazing life because life is beautiful and amazing and I just get so passionate about it. I do the work every single day. I meditate. Oh, I would have laughed at someone who told me I was going to meditate. <laughs> I'm a, I live a natural, holistic lifestyle and I love others. And I, I truly live my life full of grace, gratitude and love. And it's so amazing. And just, oh, just, I just want you to know that life is short. And life is exactly what you dare to make it. And if you're ready to live, live your best life and live a life of your dreams, you can. You truly, truly can, you know? I say you have to have your mind, body, and soul in alignment. One of my goals was to be healthy and stronger every day. I want to get as healthy and strong as I possibly can. And I want to surround myself with the best people. I want to have the the best tribe on earth. And and I do have an amazing tribe. I love every one of my friends. If you're listening, you know, I love you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for, 
for being an awesome human being and being in my tribe, you know? You go further, faster together, and who you hang around is who you become, who you surround yourself with. And when I changed who I was and changed my energy, oh, the most amazing people came into my life, and I'm forever grateful, forever grateful for every everything for the people that have left my life and for the people that have come into my life and the things that I've gone through and the struggles I've gone through. And, you know, I, I, ah, the step parents that I've had in my life, my bonus moms, I love them, you know, to my mom and to my dad. Thank you. Thank you. And I love you. I respect you. <sighs> so on that note, I have no idea how long I've talked. No idea. Probably longer than I should have. <sighs> So massive amounts of love to everyone who's listening. And as always, make it an awesome, awesome, awesome day. And dare to make your life amazing. Dare to make your life beautiful. (sighs) Much love. Have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I hope you enjoyed the episode and please feel free to share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any questions or want to reach out to me, please send me an email at coachnicolewindley at gmail.com. And have an awesome day.